Good evening. It is Carlos Nikitty, and this is the next series um, that I'm working on, which has to do with the criminalization of entire populations, millions of Americans, of fugitives from justice, of criminal outlaws, running in fear of the government. Because why? You might say, why? They hydroplaned. They slid on some ice. They made the mistake of backing up into a vehicle. They made the mistake of driving 38 in a school zone. They made the mistake of opening their door into another vehicle. Today, I met with fugitives from justice. And you might say, Kitty, fugitive. Wow, these drug addicts are these um, murderers, rapists. What are they? Now, these are hardworking American citizens that were turned by our fascist government into criminals. Why? Because they had the misfortune of having a car accident. Yep. So there is actually a mobile home, um, and I say mobile home, I mean RV park, not far from me where a lot of these nomads are. But I got connected with some other people through my other social media, including what I do on TikTok, and just through some other connections where I was able to um, meet with some people and try to find out what is going on why people are becoming criminals every day why are people becoming criminals and the reason they are becoming criminals is they cannot afford car insurance. See, they're faced with this dilemma. I talked to a woman today. She didn't even hit another car. She hydroplaned a pickup truck. The back end spun out and she wound up going off the road. When she went off the road, her own truck flipped. Now, after the truck flipped, she called 911. She could not get out. When they came out, when the police, the ambulances, all those people came out, they needed, she didn't even hit another vehicle. What she did hit was a tree. She flipped her own car. And because of that, they said it was her fault. They wrote her a ticket. She hit a tree, flipped her own car, hydroplaned her truck. And yet on top of that, they wrote her a two-point ticket. Because of that and two speeding violations two years prior, her insurance rates went up and she had to become a fugitive from justice. She had to make a choice. If I cannot pay the car insurance, then I, what do I do? I still have to drive. She tried to find insurance she could afford. She couldn't. It was over $1,000 a month. I'm not kidding. Over $1,000 a month. She thought about selling the vehicle because she'd have comprehensive. She was had a car payment. She couldn't afford it. 
she looked at it if she got rid of her car and got a piece of crap what would it cost her but she still can't afford it finally she made the ultimate decision that she would have to take her chances her license was indeed suspended and she became one of the millions of Americans who became fugitives from justice against the fascist regime. This was not even practiced in under Mussolini, under Hitler. Nothing is draconian. You hydroplaned your own vehicle. See, the insurance companies aren't going to tell you that. And because she hydroplaned her own vehicle, hit a tree, got a ticket for what? Going too fast for conditions? She didn't even hit another car. She already totaled that vehicle, pretty much. She made a claim to get it fixed because it was fixable. <laughs> you tell me why this woman now lives on the run. I also spoke to a couple. I'm going to tell you their story. I want you to listen very, very carefully to this story. This man worked his entire life, a military veteran. Worked two jobs, did painting and did drywall. Built a good little business for himself. Until one day, he had an accident and he admitted it was his fault. Accidents are going to happen on the road. It is going to happen. Eventually, someone is going to hit somebody. It's just going to happen. But the cards were not in this man's favor. He hit a vehicle. He had a work truck, I believe it was a Ram 3500, the large Rams. The people claimed they were injured. That car that he hit went into another car. He was now responsible. I've heard from other people for both those damages. What happened to this gentleman was his car insurance. He was notified they were not going to renew his car insurance because he had two points on his license. His wife had four points and they, everything was lumped together. And now because of this wreck, it counted as two accidents because he had two vehicles. Now, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, is this man a criminal? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you this whole story. I want you to listen very carefully to the story. And I did not want to have anyone come on here or talk or do videos because these people have bent warrants out for them. These are criminals that did nothing wrong except have an accident. But see, this is what this gentleman, I'm going to tell you the whole story. They had a beautiful home in the suburbs. They had a mortgage payment they could afford of about $925 a month. Beautiful home. Okay. His wife worked in an office, administrative assistant. She worked part-time. She could be home with the children after school. He worked hard to build his businesses. Yep, he was a good man. He tried. Now, he lost his license. But what makes this whole story worse is that it affects his wife. His 17-year-old could no longer drive. That means his 17-year-old, they couldn't go to school. They couldn't go to work. 
where they lived, as like most people, was rural. The kids had after school activities they could no longer go to. So they kept about their life and unfortunately his wife got stopped for speeding. Her license was also suspended. Nothing she did, but because they did not have insurance, they couldn't afford it. Okay? Now listen to me very, very closely to what happens. The next thing you know, there are bench warrants out there before the judge. You know how it all goes. I don't have to go through these details. This story I have heard over and over and over again. So you're telling me, and I want to read this quote from this gentleman. He said, I'm 43 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. The last accident I had was when I was 19 years old. My wife never had an accident. But because I had a collision... And we had some points on our license and I hit two vehicles. My entire life was ruined. and I was turned into a political prisoner of the insurance state. Think about that statement. We lost our, my business. We lost our home. And now he lives like other people, basically as nomads in fear, in fear of when the government is going to come. And eventually arrest them. All of them. See, if they don't have insurance, because they all live in the home, it's lumped together. And I heard this story over and over and over and over again. So if you live in the house, it does not matter if you're guilty. If you live in that house and somebody this happens to, everybody is dragged down. I have met people that have run from the cops, you know, because they didn't feel like marijuana charges. Okay. You know, I met a gentleman one time, his wife and him both were arrested for domestic violence. Not really funny for throwing soup cans at each other. I'm not kidding. Neither one wanted to press charges, but the police charged both of them. They basically said they were drinking. It was a mistake, but they didn't go to court. Now there's bench warrants. They couldn't even they both went before it and said, we don't want to press charges against her. Look, it was just a stupid thing. The neighbor called the police and was throwing soup cans. I mean, come on, okay? Do they have to be arrested for this? It gets worse. It gets worse. I then spoke to a former school teacher. I want you to listen to the story. And I'm not, because this involves drunk driving, I first want to say everyone is driven by. If you, are, if you haven't, you're a liar. I have, I'll take responsibility for it. But in this instance, this woman knew her rights and she got, it was a checkpoint, a legal checkpoint. And she refused to take a breathalyzer. She knew she had drank a little bit that night. She did not know her limit, but she did not want to take, she didn't feel it was her right. They handcuffed her and they arrested her. If you don't blow in South Carolina, you're presumed guilty automatically can spend 30 days in jail, you automatically lose your license for 60 to 90 days and fined. Now, here's the thing about the fines that everybody's talked about to me. Debtor's prison. You can't pay the fine, they'll throw you in prison. They'll say 30 days or $1,500, whatever it is. Most people don't have $1,500. And they'll say something like, well, you can do a payment. Most people don't have it. And the thing is, once they take your license away, how are you supposed to get it? 
how the hell are you supposed to get from point A to point B? So when they make the insurance this expensive and you no longer can afford it, you're telling people, well, you know what? I might as well become a real criminal now. That's what you're telling people. Look, you're going to make me a criminal? Hell, I'm going to become a real criminal. I'll go out and go, really, this is it. I don't have a choice. That is what you're telling people. I am now designated a criminal, so I am going to be the best criminal I can be. Because you know what? They don't have a choice. There is no way that you can tell someone to pay a fine if they can't go to work. How the fuck are you supposed to get food? Excuse my language. How are you supposed to buy anything? See, driving is not privilege. It's a necessity today. It is like if you did not have a horse and carriage in the 1800s, how would you get across the prairie? But see, what they want to do is corral people by these tactics, move them into the cities because the United Nations wants everyone of what they call a smart city on the smart grid. They want to corral the people into a pen and they want to keep them there. That is what they want to do. They don't want people in rural communities and that is why these insurance laws are set up the way they are. They want to humiliate people. I don't know if that's the right word. Humiliate people. They would demoralize them. Hitler did not even have such laws. You know, I started really studying history. What we call draconian. This is about as draconian as you can get. The founding fathers, John Adams, wrote about the monarchs. And he wrote that they would ride their horses from town to town and basically just say, you owe the king 20 pounds of silver today. And they'll say, I don't have 20 pounds of silver. Then Tower of London. I mean, this is stuff, real stuff. But often it was, they would come up with false reasons why you owe them that money. So it could be something like, um, they just make it up. You have to pay a toll today to go over the bridge. I mean, everyone knew it was just a way to collect illegal taxes to the monarch. And that is why the founding fathers set up America so that would never happen here. And yet, what have we found? We are exactly that, but worse. It's no different than the highwaymen, okay? It is no different than what happened in the feudal lords, in the monarch. They would find reasons to basically find a reason to turn people into a criminal. That's the bottom line. They would find a way through taxes that were legal and fines. So, for instance, you, um, they would just make stuff up, okay? I mean, some of the stuff I don't even understand because it was written, again, for their day. But, for instance, that um, unruliness outside the pub, okay? So, I'm reading one from the National Archives. If you were standing outside a pub, public drunkenness, we call it today, okay? They would fine you. Now, they know these people didn't have the money to pay the fine, Obviously, that's, I mean, these are poor people, but what they wanted was them in the workhouses. They wanted them in debtor prisons for free labor. Now, you might say, but how does that relate to us? We're not getting, it's the same kind of plan, but different. We do get free labor out of the people in prison. 
I want you to know that. I want to tell you something. In Great Britain, okay, in Great Britain, in 1972, I want you to listen to this. In Great Britain, in 1972, prisoners made $3 a week working in the laundry at Wentworth Correctional Center. That's 1972. And the reason I know this is I started watching a show called The Prisoner from Cell Block H. It's an old BBC kind of soap opera dealing with prison. And I had heard from people about this, that they had, and my animals are jumping around, I apologize. They had what they, what they paid people in the past. And I said, are you sure? And he goes, if you don't believe me, go look up the show, Prisoner from Cell Block H. That's what they paid them. I saw it on the show. And I was like, really? You know, I started doing some research. Do you know what? So in, in 1972, $3 a week was actually not bad money. You're in prison anyway. Okay. In fact, in the one scene, this one lady gets out of prison after I think it was like 15 years. And she had thousands of pounds. I don't remember exactly what the British money turns into but she had money okay so right now in great britain and other countries they pay minimum wage or more to the people that work in prison so think about that if you're working in say the prison laundry all day you are paid the same thing as someone working at mcdonald's on the outside in other countries but not in america we pay our prisoners 12 cents an hour. Do you understand this? It's free labor. Now, not only that, but you create a whole group of people that don't have firearm rights. So they don't have to worry about, they can start taking away that second amendment. And you create people that can't vote, which is what they want. They want to narrow down that voting because most criminals, believe it or not, okay, they want to bring in that round. They will, it's, it's orchestrated, it is planned, more than what I could talk about, just think about that. But in 1972, in Great Britain, if you don't believe me, go watch, I think it was episode 5 or 6. You can look it up, look, cell, prison cell block 8, her name is B. Smith, gets out of prison, and she, and they talk about how much they were making. I looked it up today. Germany, all these other countries, America, 12 cents an hour. We use these people as nothing more than slave labor. And I apologize, I'm trying to bring my dogs in. It's wrong. So we want to create criminals. And so it hit, it, this happened, and part of the reason I'm talking about this, and I got involved, I guess, I'll be honest, I got hit with the car insurance myself as well, recently. And whenever something happens to me, I immediately go look and see I have to go down the rabbit hole. And I don't like talking about a lot of personal things, so I'm not going to go to what's going on with me personally for legal reasons. Because I have, I, I just don't want to do that. I'm not doing it. But I will talk about the people I've met.
And I understand I have lived on the fringe of society for a long time. I have run. I understand what that means. <laughs> I understand what it means to stand up and believe in. I talk about all this time. I don't have electricity in my home. I don't want it because I will not bow. I understand that it may come a day where I might take my own life rather than if I had to take a choice, I would not be, I would not surrender for something. I, I My life is over. But when you hear young couples or young children talking like this, you know, it, it breaks my heart for nothing more than an accident. And that's what happened to me. I'll say that too. I had insurance with the same company for 14 years. Never had an accident. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I might as well. And I wound up, unfortunately, hitting, it's like this other lady did, a parked vehicle. In a very dark alley at night, I was helping someone move with my truck. I didn't see someone else had their car parked, catty-cornered. It was a very small car. I hit it. The damage on that car was less than $1,200. I could have just paid them to have their car fixed. But they already, they were some, someone else, you know, busy buddy to call the police. Now people are, I saw this, it was a little, someone else had a, it was a big thing that happened. I don't want to go into it. But my insurance went up 300%. Now I had to make the choice of what I was going to do. And... That is when I reached out to people that I already knew that this was the situation. I just never made very many videos or podcasts about this because I don't know why. But what I learned is the insurance companies have their own point system. So, for instance, for me, I will not wear a seatbelt. It's unconstitutional. When I used to go out and my, you know, I was with people and they had bikes and I would not wear a helmet. It's my choice. Okay. I have a seatbelt violation one, no points, no points in South Carolina, but the insurance company gives you points for it. Now I'm going back on something. Whoever lives in your house. If they have an accident while they're on your insurance, it affects you. So if someone in your household totaled a car, it's not you, it still affects your insurance down the road. Even if they don't live there anymore, you have to prove it to them. Now, how do you prove it that someone doesn't live with you? Well, you sign an affidavit. Okay. I no longer have this vehicle. Okay. A nightmare of bureaucracy. But you tell me. You tell me, see, in South Carolina, you have to report the insurance company even if you don't hit another person. That's the real issue. So, again, if the police are called because you drove your car off the road and they had to tow it out of a ditch, it's considered an accident. I'm not kidding. There goes your insurance rates. I don't want to talk about myself because I'm not going to put myself 
How I live my life is my business. I have stood up what I believed in every day of my life since I can remember one way or the other. I don't have children at home. Whatever happens to me, my biggest concern, I already have wills made out for my animals. But it breaks your heart when you see veterans and young couples living in run-down RVs, sleeping in camper vans, sleeping in their cars, because they're fugitive from justice with children not in school. They're hiding from the law because they went off the road. They rear-ended somebody. Their 17-year-old son had a fender bender. And they can't afford insurance now. This is stuff you're not told. See, people don't talk about it. Months and months, months ago, I had someone I know, and I actually was, I had to apologize. I was very rude to this person. Um, I was hanging out with him one day, and um, I made a comment about car insurance or something. And he said, I don't have car insurance. I don't have a driver's license. And he was a single dad that had custody of his kids. And I got very belligerent at first. I, I, and I really feel bad now. I wish I could reach out to him, but I, I can't. And I immediately like, what do you mean you don't have insurance? And he, and he basically said that um, he had had a DUI. Just like this other woman, but he would not. And again, it was one of the instances where he did blow. And he said he was two points over legal limit. I actually saw the paperwork. Two points. So he had one shot too many. Unfortunately, when you lose your license, you can't drive. So how do they expect you to get to court? How do they expect you to pay the fines? So he has never showed up, of course. Wound up moving. And has bed warrants out for him, like many other people. His children didn't know about it. His older son did, actually, because he, he was talking about it. And I'm not justifying drunk driving. But this, again, was a random checkpoint, like I talked about earlier, which is unconstitutional. He didn't hit anybody. He never had an accident. He got stopped at a checkpoint. Okay. He also got charged with an open container in the car. Listen to this. For crushed beer cans in the back of a crew cab pickup truck. Yep, they had been fishing the day before and they threw some beer cans back there. In the back of the crew cab. Crushed, no beer in it. Still counts as open container. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? And I got very, very mad at this person at first because I was like, well, would you give it to any, because he said something, he goes, he confessed that he stole license plates. He stole a license plate of someone's car. And he also had stolen tags two different times. He knew someone that um, did towing, and if a car was wrecked, it was a little business, this guy. He knew people that connected him. We was able to get a license plate. And then also, if he wanted to keep his plate, he could get tags. Now, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but this is a criminal enterprise network of people because they don't have a license and I apologize about my dog's barking again I'm really sorry but this and I'm not saying that and I got very mad I was like you stole and, I, and then I mean he did say it was from a wrecked vehicle so it wasn't like you know but still okay and I realized because I'm a libertarian but it, it really 
but now I feel 100% different about the situation because I understand where he was coming from. What choice do you have being a single father? His rent is seven fifty a month on a rundown trailer. He was making almost eighteen an hour. It sounds like a lot of money, but not after taxes. Not after you don't get food stamps. You make too much for Medicaid. This is what I hear from all these people. The government wants you to be a criminal. They want you to go to jail. They want you to go to prison. And insurance is just—it's a great invention to turn hardworking, lower-income individuals, especially single parents, into fugitives and criminals. I wish I could apologize to this guy, but I can't. It's too late now. This was months ago, and I don't have contact with him anymore. So, long story short, after a very exhausting conversation with people today, I said, what would you like me to tell people if I did a podcast? And they said, this is not the America our fathers, our parents grew up in. There was a gentleman there. I'll leave you with this thought. Vietnam veteran. He said it was never like that. He was talking about driving in the 60s. You do, you know, there weren't these kind of laws. People had accidents and everyone shook hands. You went to step away, you had your car fixed. This particular Vietnam veteran and his wife live out of a car. Yep. They were living out of a Toyota minivan. Yep. And they are wanted. He's been stopped several times driving without a license. He's actually done six months in jail for it. No registration, etc., etc. But... They're homeless. They, I mean, it's, you can't even be homeless legally. So they pretty much got a van. They have parked it in a relative's backyard. And that's what they live out of. Think about that. Think about it. You know, he said he went, even called the VA for help. They couldn't help him. I'm going to leave you this thought tonight. My dogs are barking. That usually means that there's something going on spiritually somewhere, which I've been feeling. We are in dark, dark days. And I used to believe it was all about Bible and God and Satan, but it's bigger than that. There are opposing forces that are outerworldly. The whole world is off. Our nation is done. The world is done. Time is done. I feel so sad for the kids today. I made up my mind a long time ago. I would never compromise what I believe in. Now, I'm not going to talk about my own personal beliefs or what I believe people should do in the situation or what I would do. That's not, not my business. It's not your business, nobody's business. Okay? But if I was a... If I had a choice and I had no way, what are people supposed to do? You you don't have a choice but to become a criminal. It's almost like Breaking Bad, but it's more pathetic. I talked about this before. It's six miles from where I live to the Dollar General. You tell me how the hell people are supposed to go buy food for their kids. So they drive. 
They steal the tags. They steal the license plates. They do what they have to do to survive. It's like living in 1984. Oh, yes. That's right. Winston had it right. And when Winston and Julie were in that room and the helicopters came down and got them. Oh, that's where we are today, boys and girls. Political prisoners of a fascist regime because they had the misfortune of a car accident. That is the most pathetic. Like I said, it, not one dictator in history made political, made, did this to people. No one. No one except in America. You tell me how anyone on two vehicles could afford $500 a month car insurance. And that is without comprehensive. That's on old cars. With comprehensive, if you have a car payment, you could be looking up at $700 a month car insurance. Plus your car pay- payment, plus how, plus rent. There's no way. So, you know what? American outlaws, stay strong. American outlaws, come together. I admire those people I talked to today. I admire them. You know why? You're not sheeple. One guy said, I survived the jungles of Vietnam to die in someone's backyard because I can't buy gun insurance. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I don't know what to do. I can't afford to get a place to live or homeless. All I pray every day is that me and my wife die together at the same time so she doesn't have to live on her own because she won't make it. That's the America you're living in. I'm Kalishna Kitty. Good night, everybody, and may God have mercy on your souls.